Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greggy, what's up? Tuesday, January 22nd. Greg, something that I like to do while you were gone was I would ask Jim, how did he sleep the night before? Oh. So I'll not ask you, how did you sleep last night, Greg? I slept well. I slept well. I was very comfortable. Little spoon, Greg? I was not the little spoon. (laughs) I was very comfortable, but this morning, I have a massive headache, to be honest with you. Oh, hungover. No. Big Monday night for Greg. Zero drinking. <laughs> Just the headache developed this morning. Is it the, uh, is it the flu hangover, maybe? Nope. Mm-mm. I know the voice is still a little raspy. I yeah. heard it while editing the NBA recap. It was, better than yes- it was better than yesterday. It was. You're trending in the right direction. Trending up. But I was really excited to come in today. I was really excited for our topics today on the program. But it's just been a rough morning, man. It's there's a lot going on. Is there anything I missed? Don't ever get married. <laughs> Thanks for the advice, Greg. You got it, man. It's unbelievable. It's like the dumbest arguments are just there. And I'm happy to do this. I was looking forward to this, and we're gonna talk about a lot of baseball stuff on the show, which I'm really excited about. Like literally midway through yesterday, I, Frank's like working downstairs. And I'm re- reading random fan graph stats. Like that. I mean, I'm in. I am in. So, I'm not letting this hold back. What, what are you arguing about marriage-wise? Like, what, like, I'm is not, there anything I need to know about? I certainly have not dove as deep as you have yet. Obviously, you're getting married this year. No time to waste. Greg's 45 years old. He's got to get married this year. Before everything stops working. Shut up. <laughs> um, well, like, what's on your mind? I actually had a dream nothing, last it's night. It's nothing to do with me. That's the had, ridiculous. Part. I had a dream last night that I was trying to. We were trying to figure out our color scheme for the wedding. That was my dream. Of course, nothing came to me. Like well, I that, still don't have it's not a me, decision. So that's not a me thing. A color yeah. scheme has nothing to do with me. You have like a color scheme yet? Is yeah, she's doing means? like mostly like silver, black, white, like non-colors, like silver, white, black, gray shades. Sure. Okay. Right. So they're talking about like dresses now, like bridesmaid dresses, stuff like that. The thing. Why I am involved with yeah, this. Yeah, why would you be involved in that? I'm going to try my best not to be. Correct. I never thought I would be. At all. So, that's, that's where we are, Frank. That, that's all I got for you. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah. Well, I'll try to cheer you up. Talk a little baseball today. And there'll be Hall of Fame induction ceremony today as well. Mm-hmm. We also have, I believe, the FSTA Fantasy Baseball Draft tonight. We do. So, we'll have... Uh, something else to talk about as well, starting tomorrow. I want to talk about that draft. I also saw 
uh, Vianato Dufino that Paul Charchian, the head of the FSCA, is changing the name of the FSCA to the FSGA, Greg. Fantasy Sports I saw Gaming that. Association. I saw that as well. Fantasy Sports Gaming Association, which makes sense uh, with gambling and gaming becoming so popular. Trade Association never really made sense at all. Yep. Gaming, gaming I like it. I like what they're doing there. That's a good job by Paul Charchian. Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of being fused together anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because... If you're into making projections for fantasy, it's very easily translatable to gaming and betting and player props and, you know, picking a side in a game, so on and so forth. So, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of parallels. Makes sense. So, on the program today, we decided that we have a lot of football still to come, a.k.a. the Super Bowl. So, we have a lot to come there. But we also have baseball right around the corner. And I was looking, as I said yesterday, looking at old tweets, old, like my time hop, old stuff that we were putting out. And we were kind of, maybe because Florio's around, we were knee deep in this stuff last year. Like we already had uh, one of our drafts going on, like our, my first, our first draft of the year. Uh, I think Frank had a, several best balls done at this point. And instead of this year, a little bit later on, maybe because we were so into football, which is fine. But this year, Frank's first draft started, first best ball draft started. Yesterday, I literally pulled up fan graphs for the first time yesterday. So we're going to start it now. And we're going to start off, I mean, it's because the big shoes haven't fallen yet. Machado hasn't signed. Harper hasn't signed. But we wanted to do a show, as we like to do always to start off really any season, baseball, football, basketball, what have you, in saying, hey, this happened. Did you know that? Because a lot of things fall through the cracks when you're preparing for football season. You're looking into... Uh, free agents in football every single week. You're trying to set your lineup or answering start-sit questions. You miss stuff, and we can't talk about it because nobody cares. Now people care, and I think that's why we're going to do that today. Here's a few things you missed from baseball season. Cool, Frank? Absolutely. All right. So let's get right into that, and let's begin with someone near and dear to our heart, Frank. Let's begin with new Yankee starting pitcher, James Paxton. It wouldn't be the beginning of the fantasy baseball season without Greg wanting to talk about a Yankee. By the way, don't draft with your heart in fantasy baseball, so there might be things that like you have to take a grain of salt with when it comes to Greg Sussman, because yesterday he was legitimately upset at me for not drafting Aaron Judge in the second round of his baseball <laughs> fan, to which he says, Stand by that. what kind of Yankee fan are you? Yeah. Like, what? I agree. It was, it was the second. Yankee fan are you? Dude, it was the what second. Kind of fantasy baseball player are you? It was the second round. It was great value. It's a 12-team league, Greg, and it's best ball. You, in, in best right, ball you points leagues, best you need your baseball. aces, Greg. You need your aces. All right, just, don't take the best hitter in baseball. No big deal. Um, best hitter in baseball. Anyway, so we'll start with James Paxton, who was traded oh, to the yes. Yankees. Uh, ultimately, we'll just call it what it was. The Yankees' top prospect and Justice Sheffield, who I do want to talk about in a second, um, for James Paxton. The Big Maple is not as young as you were led to believe. A guy that is known for... Being really, really good, but also kind of really, really hurt. He's a left-hander that has a lot of success against right-handed hitters. A couple of things I didn't like doing a, my little bit of a deep dive here. Last year, allowed more fly balls than ever. That, that doesn't play well into Yankee Stadium, obviously. Home run to fly ball ratio, slightly up again for James Paxton. Again, not something great for Yankee Stadium. A number you think will probably go up because they're going to play half your games in Yankee Stadium. What also surprised me is that 95% of the pitches that Paxton throws are fastballs. And the Yankees have what many believe is an anti-fastball philosophy, that they are going to focus on pitchers that 
don't really throw fastballs all that often. Now, it doesn't always hold true. They, they, Jay Happ is another one of these guys that throws a lot of fastballs when you yeah. do really... And Lance Lynn threw a lot of fastballs. So maybe they've gone away from that philosophy in the last year or so, but James Paxton doesn't really fit this philosophy that they've been uh, working through with their signings and their free and their minor league uh, starters as well. Paxton goes away from that. So those are the things that I really noticed on first glance, Frank. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the injury prone nature. I think is is where to start with James Paxton. He's pitched uh, 417 and one third innings over the past three years. Uh, it's been trending up the past couple of seasons, but it's still what well, last year career high uh, 160.1 innings pitched. 2017, 136, and then 2016, 121. Uh, you mentioned some of the things that just kind of jump off the page right away with the batted ball profile when it comes to James Paxton. Uh, the fact that normally uh, 46.7% ground ball rate for his career, Greg, that was down um, quite a bit last year, the ground ball rate at 39.6%. So at first glance, it is something that's going to play into your mind uh, in Yankee Stadium, the fact that he gives up more fly balls. And typically in his career has been better against right-handed batters um, than lefties. So what I really liked about James Paxton going into last year was that in 2017, he had corrected that. Like, he was awesome against lefties. It was basically him and Chris Sale who were just the best pitchers, uh, starting pitchers against left-handed batters in baseball. Um, In 2017, 198 batting average against 463 OPS pitching against left-handed batters. Greg, those numbers in 2018... 330 batting average, 874 Jesus. OPS wow. against left-handed batters in 2018. So, again, it was a small sample size. I think it's something like 100 or 150 plate appearances. So, obviously not a lot of teams play their lefties against him. But for whatever reason, he was getting hit harder by lefties last year uh, than we're used to seeing. Alex, if you have that, um, that, that full screen that you could throw up now for people watching at home, I looked into this a little bit. These, uh, these are via... Fan graphs, right? So we have heat maps here. This is from the pitching perspective, Greg. Um, you can see on the left is 2017, yep. where mm-hmm. he kind of pitched to the the lower third, the outside quadrant, where he was kind of painting that outside corner yep. uh, away from left-handed batters. Whereas in 2018, uh, a lot of his pitcher, uh, pitches to lefties were you know, in the middle. They were mm-hmm. on the outer mm-hmm. uh, third of the plate, but he was still in the middle much more than he was in 2017. So I think that's something that has to be corrected this year. And I, and I have faith that the Yankees will will be able to do that. The problem here, Greg, is if you want James Paxton, you you still have to draft him as your SP two. I don't know uh, yes. how comfortable I feel with that. I agree that's with just that. that's me. And currently, his ADP is like in the in the fourth fourth round of a. There you go. It's fifty six. So fourth round of a fifteen team league. He's in the fifth round of twelve team league. Typically, he's going to be your SP2. I think I would feel much more confident, obviously, with him as my SP3, but it's not going to happen. Obviously, like we haven't the, done starting yeah, pitching rankings. He's like the 17th, 18th starting pitcher off the board right now. That was my question. Or an NFBC ADP. That so, was my question, yeah. Being drafted as an SP2. Solid SP2. But he hasn't gotten more than 160 innings pitched ever in his career. Mm-hmm. He did have that career high last year. Um, but yeah, there are some warning signs. Uh, the 41% fly ball rate you mentioned, 1.29 home runs per nine, uh, also a career worst, 34% hard hit rate, so allowed more hard contact last year. That was a career worst. Uh, the home runs, specifically, Greg, I mentioned what they were per nine. 
He allowed nine home runs in 2017. That number went up to 23 Yeah, in 2018. Mm-hmm. So just at first glance, it doesn't seem like what he's doing is going to play well into Yankee Stadium. And I think the fact that his ADP is basically the same where it was last year, Greg, even with the move to Yankee Stadium, tells me that other people don't really know what to do with James Paxton either. I agree with that. I, I think what was interesting, some other, some other things that I looked up that were kind of similar in the past, right? So his K per nine went up pretty significantly from 10.32 to 11.68. Walks per nine went down just a little bit. His Babbitt, basically the same. Left on base percentage, basically the same. His K minus walk rate is always great. Always great. I, I was reading mm-hmm. an article mm-hmm. via Paul Sporer on uh, Fangraphs, and it was basically over the past three years, his home, uh, his K minus walk percentage is six best among starting pitchers. And he's very consistent with that. Very consistent. And you, and you could buy that. Um, the big number, and Frank and I really keep harping on it, is the home runs and the fly ball and, and the fly balls in general, which you're just seeing a lot more of. And I think we're just scared of when it comes to Yankee Stadium. Like that home run to fly ball ratio, I'm gonna say it again. 7.8% in 2017. You could basically double it last year. Bad luck, sure, but going into Yankee Stadium, that bad luck's going to get worse. And I think that's what a uh, real reason to be very, very nervous. Now, I, Frank gave you the, the chart about left-handers. I think most teams, in all honesty, are too dumb to realize that. And I know they use analytics, but like, you're never going to see lineups that are stacked with lefties against James Paxton, mm-hmm. even though he's better in the reverse split. You're never going to see that. These managers are too old school when it comes to that, even though so many use analytics. You're never going to see it. So that doesn't scare me as much as what we're seeing about the, the launch angle, the fly balls, and going to Yankee Stadium. That's what scares me the most. You said he's around the 17th, 18th pitcher off the board. Do you have some of the guys that are going around him? Yeah, I can pull that up for you. Uh, and this is via NFBC ADP. That's National Fantasy Baseball Championship. Ah, I thought it was Council. Okay. If you if you listen to uh, if you listen to Matt Modica, our friend Matt Modica, at all last year, you have heard of the NFBC. I'm sure Matt Modica has probably done 20 of these drafts already. Uh, and this is via this is from the beginning of January. So it's January 1st through January 21st. Um, let's see, Axton. 17th pitcher off the board. It's pitcher overall. So Edwin Diaz is actually going ahead of him. All right. So he's 16th starting pitcher. Sure. Just ahead of him are Patrick Corbin, mm-hmm. Noah Syndergaard, and Clayton Kershaw, and Walker Bueller. That's just ahead of him. Those are four ahead of him. I agree with all those. Behind him, uh-huh. and he's going to be a hype guy this year, Jameson Tyon, Steven Strasburg, Clevenger, another hype guy. Major hype guy. Zach Greinke, Jack Flaherty. I mean, Flaherty, Clevenger, Tyone, are me, are, to me, are guys that kind of stand out like in a similar tier. Like, they're young starting pitchers that everyone's expecting to like take another step forward. For sure. Yeah, so, in all honesty, and Frank... is also behind him. In all honesty, that's probably right. Like, that's probably where he should go. Like, maybe you don't want to take that plunge. Maybe you want to get the, a guy earlier than that. That's fine. But... That's probably where you should go. If you play in a 12-team league, you could get him in the fifth round as your SP3. I believe That's if you start... The great fantasy baseball if you start with, If you start with three starting I got, pitchers. I got Paxton... Yeah, if you, have, if you have three starting pitchers in the first five rounds. The, the great fantasy baseball invitational, which I was in last year, uh, I won my individual league. I got Paxton as my SP3 in that. And it was a roto draft. I believe my first two pitchers were Aaron Nola and you Darvish. Darvish was obviously terrible. And then I got Paxton as my SP3 in the fifth round. I agree with you. I, it kind of seems like where he should go 
in terms of like the other names that he's around and just kind of looking at it right now. And it's worth mentioning, just like on the surface, he's been much better in his career at Safeco than he has been on the road. At Safeco in his career, um, 3.35 ERA. And I think this is just last year. This might be just 2018, but 3.35 ERA last year. In his career at home at Safeco, it is 2.98 in 50 starts. 296 in a third innings pitch. 2.98 ERA at home, 3.87 ERA on the road. So there are things that he needs to fix from last year uh, in terms of you know, pitching lower in the zone, trying to induce more ground balls. It seemed like he might have been selling out a little bit to try and get more strikeouts last year that you see like in the K per nine. He had some monster performances, had the no-hitter. I think he had like a 17-strikeout game, like something massive like that. We know what his upside can be. And to be fair, his FIP and XFIP were both much lower than his 3.76 ERA. Steamer, sound the alarm for Steamer, has him for a 3.46 ERA this season, 172 innings pitched. Both of those numbers seem a little ambitious to me. He was traded away for Justice Sheffield, as I mentioned. Any interest in drafting Sheffield this year? In one of these like 50-team draft and holes, definitely. I think he uh, he has a, obviously a much better opportunity to crack the starting rotation with the Mariners than he did with the Yankees. All right, when we come back, a lot of other things happen this offseason, including one of the top first basemen off the board is now playing for a new team. Goldschmidt's up next on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Keith Irizarry is calling the shots Unless you're going to just hand the ball straight up the gut, if Taysom Hill's going to be running around, I'd rather the ball in Drew Brees' hand and let him kind of do his thing. We sometimes crush coaches for running, 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 and just taking the air out of the ball. But if I'm Sean Payton, I would have ran the ball three times, kick a field goal, Rams get the ball with like 30 seconds left, and I'll bank on my defense there. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Frankie, you know what today is? Terrible day because this is Dave Matthews. It's Dave Matthews Van Tour announcement day. Oh, gosh. Greg, don't tell me you're going on another one of these. 
So, you were disappointed last time. I was very disappointed last you were time. Disappointed. So I I'm think do- it's time. as you know, I'm, I'm doing my bachelor party in Florida, and I was going to des- I was going to do it around. When the- is your bachelor party? I'm in July. Which baseball game? Probably. I originally was going to do it in Tampa and potentially see the Yankees in Tampa. You can like, watch the Yankees whenever you want, Greg. Right. That's another thing. I can watch the Yankees whenever I want. Um, I'm not sure you and your bachelor party are dying to go to Tropicana Field. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't really think we're going to... The Yankees play the Marlins this year? Like the Stingrays, right, or something? Probably not. They still have them? But anyway, like pool in the one of the things we were going to do was just see Dave Matthews Band in West Palm Beach. Just a different location. Like, it's kind of cool. But, like, the dates isn't exactly... They were the, what I thought they were, which is not the dates I wanted. Um, so... I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it this year. To oh, gosh. What are we ever going to do? I'll probably just go somewhere else. Not going to be able to see Dave. Oh, Matthews just, not, just not a you new know, During new my venue. bachelor party week, where like, you could do anything <laughs> a week. except see Dave Matthews Band. How long are you going to be there? Um, like Thursday through Sunday. Thursday through Sunday. Oh, the old, uh, oh, almost. No wraparound. Oh, almost the wraparound. I would never do the wraparound to you, Frank. Can't do the old wraparound. What are you, what's going on with you? What are you, what are you taking off? I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's brewing. Probably never. I feel like it's brewing. Are you going to drop it at some point soon? I had, uh, I, I wanted to go visit our guy, Florio. He's in the chat right now. He's listening and he's watching. Yeah. I wanted to go visit Mikey. Florio in Los Angeles uh, in the month of February. Kind of like a dry month, Super Bowl end. Yeah. It's when you're going away. That's I'm going away for, for, exact, for, that, for that exact reason. It's like in between. It's like the NBA All-Star break. It's like kind of like. That's, between, like, that's what I'm doing. And that's that's why I'm doing it. Uh, I wanted to do that. Right. You told me you were going to. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. You told me you were going to. Now there might be plans to like go to Poland later on in the year. I'm pretty, you're, are you invited to that one? Yes. That's cool. Kinga's grandparents have like a 50th anniversary. When is that? Um, unfortunately, the thing is, it's like it's in the middle of August, which is prime fantasy football right. season. So I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to go on vacation. Hey, you got to do. What you gotta, hey, you got to do what you got to do. You got to go on vacation. It's better to clear your mind. In all honesty. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It's the biggest fantasy sport, and it's like the biggest draft time of the year. Who's going to do the whiteboard series if I'm not around in the middle of you recorded August? You recorded earlier, that's all. Uh, I just want you to remember. Seems Have fun first. Disingenuous. Well, it's disingenuous not to, you know, live your life and be happy. Live Bye. your life. Hey. You knew it was coming. <laughs> if you like to wager on sports you never have and you want to try, head on over to BetDSI. They, were wa- they have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways that you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when you sign up, and you get a 100% bonus deposit match. Head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That promo code is FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. To be honest with you, Frank, my head is kind of dissipating now that we're talking baseball. Feeling better. I'm happy that it's cheering you up, Greg. You know what's cheering me up? What? The fact that everyone in the chat is crapping all over DMB right now. So great. Why do they got to do that to me? <laughs> like, Nothing says bachelor party like a bunch of dudes going to a Dave Matthews band concert. I agree. It's what a, it's what a bachelor party is. I agree. Oh... <laughs> uh... What do you want to do in your Normally, I like to have your back on matters like this. No, Greg, you don't. I, I can't. You love, you, you specifically never have my back on, on matters like this. Well, someone's got to defend you, Greg. You know, normally I'm there. Normally I'm there to defend you. I'm like, uh, for those people, we're going to get back to baseball, but for those people who saw the video, it's Sunday Night Football on NBC, you could see the video of uh, the, the get back coach. 
with Sean McVay, it's great. which is awesome. It's basically a coach that's just there to physically move Sean McVay because he gets too animated and they don't want him to run into refs and get a penalty. It's great. So that's why I'm here, Greg. I'm here to make sure I don't get a penalty. Guide you. Make sure I don't get a penalty. I'm making sure that yeah, you're not getting uh, you're not getting crushed out there by a, by the YouTube chat. I'm, I'm always crushed. Okay. I would rather go to Dave and Buster's than a DMB concert. Oh, love Dave and Buster's. Robert Diggs. I second that. Hey man, I love Dave and Buster's too. Honestly, Big, after a DMB fan. concert, yeah. uh, <laughs> all right, well, can't read the rest of that. Not gonna read those, huh? All right. Well, nevertheless. Uh, so the other one of the other big trades we wanted to get to today. We're doing a little basketball a little bit later on as well. But one of the other trades that we wanted to talk about was Paul Goldschmidt headed over to St. Louis. You might have missed that as well. Like, who was he even traded for, Frank? Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah. He was traded for Carson Kelly, Shelby Miller, and another lower name prospect oh. that might have value in a couple of years. Shelby Miller? No, not Shelby that, Miller. That, that's not right. <laughs> I messed that up. That, that's uh, not, that's not, not correct. not Shelby Miller. It was uh, the other gentleman that was on the Cardinals last year that everyone was hyping up. The guy it was, who, it was oh, Luke, Luke Weaver. Weaver. It was Luke, Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. The guy who only throws a changeup? Yes. I didn't draft him anyway. So the new Shelby Miller. Uh, yeah, basically. All right. See if he could get it right with the Humidor and Chase Field. I don't know. So we'll talk about all those guys in a moment, but I need to get to Paul Goldschmidt. Carson Kelly somewhat. He's a starting catcher for the Diamondbacks. I think Luke Weaver's intriguing. Top prospect I'm intrigued by Luke Weaver, man. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the Cardinals were going to get more than this. I thought they were going to get one of these uh, one of these outfield prospect guys. You like the Diamondbacks like are going ha- to get more than this? Yes, thing? I thought the Diamondbacks were going to get more than this. Like a Harrison Bader or a Tyler O'Neill. I like what they got. Listen, they got they got two post-type sleepers. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Carson Kelly was the catcher of the future. You're more Luke, Luke Weaver. Yeah, I thought this was, I thought this was a, good, a good buy, honestly. Carson Kelly, it's like... Just based on his minor league profile, there's nothing that stands out. Sure. Like, he was an all right hitter. Yeah. We've seen guys get better at the major league level. It's not impossible to happen, but I don't know. It just doesn't excite me all that much. I understand. He should that. be the starting catcher. So, in that sense, if you play in a two catcher league, he's already on your radar. Absolutely. Very, very much so. All right, Paul Goldschmidt. Now, Paul Goldschmidt, and I want to talk about Luke Weaver also in a moment, yes. but like Paul Goldschmidt, here's the numbers home runs down. 36 to 33. Not significantly, but they're down a bit. The runs down. RBIs down. We get it. He was on a bad team. Here's a big number for you that always made Paul Goldschmidt still, um, stand out more than a lot of other players that were taken in that top five. Stolen bases, which we always thought was fluky, right? 32, 18. Like, even if I'm getting 18 steals, that's crazy. He didn't do that anymore last year. Seven. Seven stolen bases. The average down to 290. OBP slightly down to 389. Again, still really, really good. And his bat was actually up from the previous season, 359. Not really off, not really too far away um, from his career mark. But remember, Goldschmidt was in that miserable slump early on. So that second half of the year, really much better as he got back to those standard numbers. Strikeouts were along the same line. The Sorry, walk percentage is along the same lines. His strikeout percentage slightly higher than it has been in the past. What I'm worried about um, Paul Goldschmidt here is certainly the the new environment um, with the Cardinals. No humidor, obviously, is better. But what I'm worried about when it comes um, to Paul Goldschmidt was that that home run to fly ball ratio, slightly off a little bit. The hard hit percentage was actually up. The more I look at this, Frank, the more I'm just like not all that excited about Goldschmidt. I can't really explain why. I, I had it before, now I don't remember why. But I'm, I'm not overly in love with Goldschmidt like I used to be. 
Yeah, Goldschmidt now going in the second round. Not used to that. Normally a guy that is consensus, you know, top five pick, top ten. Uh, you're looking at his ADP right there, NFBC ADP. Right around pick 1920, he is the first uh, first baseman off the board as of right now. Him and Freddie Freeman seemingly going back to back. Uh, the one worry for me, Greg, I have a couple worries here, Goldschmidt, but I'll start off with uh, the strikeouts. Uh, that's something that was hurting him early on in the season. He was striking out more than ever before. And Paul Goldschmidt is not a spring chicken by any means. He's 31 years old. Uh, he'll turn 32 in September. So this is his age, you know, 31 season mm-hmm. for for most of the year. Um, and you know, just striking out more. He's getting up there a little bit in age. Uh, was chasing pitches more than usual, which I think helped um, that that slump that he was in early on in the season. I think the strikeouts were really a big part of that. And you mentioned what he did in the second half. You don't even have to look to the second half, Greg. Um, from June 1st on. 330 batting average, 420 OBP, 602 OPS, 13% walk rate, 22% strikeout rate, 48% hard hit rate, 26% line drives, uh, 24.5% home run to fly ball ratio. But normally, typically a guy who has played much better at home in his career, I think the humidor affected him last year to start the season, the humidor, the strikeouts, chasing pitches, uh, 238 batting average, 782 OPS at home last year. It's not like Paul Goldschmidt. He's normally much, much better at Chase Field. Uh, but this is a negative uh, park shift factor, even with the Humidor. Uh, the Humidor, uh, Chase Field produced more runs last year on a per-game basis, more home runs last year um, than St. Louis. So I, I think it's a negative park change here. The stolen bases have declined, and stolen bases really comes down to organizational philosophy, right? Uh, and you look at last year, the Cardinals... Had 63 stolen bases as a team. They were 26th in all of baseball, and the Diamondbacks had 79. They were 14th. So it's, you know, is it organizational? Is it is it personnel that you have? It's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, I don't know that he's going to get back to, like, 20 stolen bases. He's probably, like, in this 10 range. I will say, I think the batting average is pretty safe. At least 286 batting average yeah. in six straight mm-hmm. years, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I, I do worry about the change. Like... It's not always, you know, a guy in a new place sure. automatically, you know, we've like, look, look at Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, sure, last year. sure. Perfect example, you know, like, and he, it's not like he, he was going to typically uh, what we would expect a better hitters ballpark from Miami to, to, to Bush Stadium in St. Louis. And he, he performed a lot worse. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a guy who's played now, Mar- all of his career in Arizona. For sure. Now, it's not like Ozuna had the level of consistency that we've seen from Paul Goldschmidt year no, after year after year. but he had broken out the year before. Definitely. Like, but like was 35 a- home runs. Oh, I-, I understand that. But, like, was that... Huge letdown. Right? Without question. I liked yeah. Marcelo Ozuna last year. But it was a one, almost a one-year breakout. We needed to see him do it again. Mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt, we've seen him do it again and again and again and again and again. I don't know that you're going to get the bottom falling out of Paul Goldschmidt here. Like he's going in the second, he's going in the second round, which you said we're not used to seeing from him, and it's true. And he's not a spring chicken, and that's true. But at that second round ADP, would you take him? That's where I struggle because I mean, as of right now, like <laughs> I don't, I don't love it. I just think I feel like in Roto, I'd want to go in a different direction. Like a guy like Stanton, for example, right? If you play in Roto. You need five outfield. You got to fill five outfield spots. I think first base typically is a deeper position. It is this year as well. I, I feel like I would just go in like an outfield direction or a starting pitcher. Like Goldschmidt's going just ahead of guys like Stanton. He's going ahead of Kluber, Verlander, Charlie Blackman. I feel like I would take one of those starting pitchers or outfielders. I, 
I think it's a fair value. Like, if would it surprise me one bit if he ends up hitting, you know, 285, 30 to 35 home runs and steals 10 bases again and, you know, he's close to 100 RBIs and 100 runs? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And, and if he does that, then he returns first-round value in the second round. He's also a guy that... It wouldn't surprise me, but if you're, if I think I would just take an outfielder or starting pitcher just based on, like positional depth in if, the second round. If you're buying into that contract year narrative, he isn't a contract year, and this is the They're one... They're trying to extend him right now, right? They are, but it's it's tough, right? And the Cardinals have had some success doing that, obviously, with guys like uh, Matt Holiday coming to mind, but he's in that last year of his contract, and this is the last big contract that he's going to get. So if you're buying into that narrative, he's there, right? Like, that's potentially a thing. Just saying. Now, out of the names you mentioned, just to give my quick opinion here, the starting pitchers, I get it, right? Like, I'm someone that's going to want to grab a hitter in the first round and a starting pitcher in the second round. So, for that, I'm with you. But Paul Goldschmidt and Charlie Blackman, they're the exact same age, right? They're, Blackman's 30, they're both 31, 32 years old. Blackman's actually slightly older. Yeah. I'd rather have Goldschmidt than Blackman. I think Goldschmidt will have the higher OBP. I think the averages will be similar. Strikeout rate is a little bit better for Blackman than it is Goldschmidt. Walk rate's a little bit better for Goldschmidt than it is Blackman. I think the stolen base numbers at this point in their careers, pretty similar. Run scored will definitely be higher for Blackman. I think RBIs theoretically should be higher for Goldschmidt. I think the home runs are kind of close. I'm gonna, I'd rather have Goldschmidt than Blackman. I haven't dove deep into Blackman yet yeah. like I have for Goldschmidt. Um, but just on the surface, it's because of positional depth. That's like five. the only reason why I'm saying, like, that's what, you know, if you're, you're trying to find, uh, five outfielders versus, yeah, no, two you're just, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to find, uh, the, the like, you know, slight differences between these guys at, at this point already early on. Um, and it's just like a hundred and at least 111 runs scored three years in a row for Charlie, Black. like run scored or the, that's it's so hard to come by. Definitely. And it I get you, that. It gives you a fair batting average every single year. The course field factor, great lineup, year in and year out. Just a guy changing teams. It, worry, it worries me a little bit. Who would you rather draft between him and Freddie Freeman? I still think Freddie Freeman has untapped potential. You are, I mean, you're the I, massive I've Freddie Freeman guy. been the Freddie Freeman guy. Like, yep. if, if he put together his 2017 and 2018, what he was doing in 2017, uh, the year that he got hurt. If he put that kind of power production together with what he did in 2018, I just feel like he has this 300 batting average, 40 homer, like 120 RBI season in him. I feel like he has that. I feel like he has that potential. He had 28 home runs in 117 games last year. Uh, in 2017. Really. Yeah, but then he had 23 in 162 games last year. Exactly. And then what was, what was his home run to fly ball ratio last year? Let me look this up. The thing, the, the thing with Freddie Freeman... His home run to fly ball ratio was down 5%. It was, it was very low. It was 14.9%, which is kind of by his career, dude. Yeah, it's 15.8. So it's, he's not an extreme fly ball... He reverted back to being a line drive hitter last year. Correct. Which, at his core, is what he is. Like He's a natural spray to all fields, line drive hitter, yep. doubles guy. He actually had more line drives last year than he hit, to hit ever before. Runs. But the, the two years before, 2016 and 2017, he was buying into the launch angle. Like, he was... He was actively trying to hit more fly balls and hit more home runs, and it was coming to fruition. Like, seriously, that 2017, 28 home runs in 117 games. That's great. Over a, a you know, 150-game pace, that's like 35. I would rather have Goldschmidt. I still feel like he has untapped. I'd rather have Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt has done it for longer, but he's also, he's also changing teams. 
places. I understand. That's not enough for me. Okay, the other side of the trade before we move on, I know uh, we want to do NBA next. We also wanted to get into the uh, Yasiel Puig trade. But before we do, I think we have to talk about Luke Weaver, which is the other side of the trade. Luke Weaver, as you said, basically only threw changeups last year. He was going very similarly. Not only, but he's just like a two-pitch pitcher. Like fastball changeup. He was going in a very similar spot to James Paxton, in all honesty, right? Like, that was kind of the... the no, he was behind. James Paxton thought, was a top 20 starting pitcher. Luke Weaver was going in that same range as Luis Castillo. Okay. He was the, like a... 20, next one up. He was like SP 25 to 30. He Got was it. like that. It was like an SP 3 that you thought was going to take the next step. Okay. Paxton... Uh, was a little bit higher than, excuse me. Um, he was more, Paxton was more in the Aaron Nola range. Is that, is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So then these guys, these guys were a little bit later on, the Luis Castillos um, and the Luke Weavers, but they expected major breakouts from guys like this. And it didn't happen with Luke Weaver. I think people waited and they waited and they waited and it ultimately never came. How come? Well, partially uh, what I said with, He's kind of predictable. He, he threw his curveball. He tried to throw his curveball more last year. Uh, this is Luke Weaver, but predominantly fastball changeup. Wasn't getting nearly the same amount of strikeouts that he was uh, the year before. But if you remember last year when we were talking about this, in 2017, he had a 10.74 Ks per nine. It's because he wasn't going deep into games. Luke Weaver was getting a lot of strikeouts, but if you looked at the swinging strike rate, it was 9.6%. Swinging strike rate didn't change all that much last year, but the strikeouts dropped tremendously. So he's got to incorporate that curveball more. He, he needs a third pitch. The fastball changeup is just a little bit too predictable. I think people had too high expectations for Luke Weaver last Luke year. Luke Weaver also walked over three and a half per game last year. Back after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today weekend fantasy update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. I do think the purists are fading away and ultimately Bonds and Clemens will get in. Nothing would make me happier than for that to happen. Hall of Fames are supposed to tell the story. So when we take our kids and our grandkids, and you should tell the story about this steroid era. You should talk about how Major League Baseball completely turned a blind eye. If they are not in that hall, then the hall to me is a complete joke. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman, Frankie Stanfield here on a Tuesday, hanging out with you. And we want to remind you that the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tips, subscriber chats, and more. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Uh, anything else on Luke Weaver, Frankie? Now, you mentioned it uh, as we were going to break, just touching on the the lack of control that was last year, you know, over three and a half walks per night. Look, this is a uh, this is a reclamation project for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, if they could find a way to turn him around, get him closer to where he was last year, uh, the year before, work on that curveball a little bit. Uh, I just think he was uh, he was a little bit overhyped last year, you know, being drafted inside the top 30 starting pitchers around that range with, like, Luis Castillo, um, Zach Godley as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see what they can do. I, I will say this. I believe his ADP is, like, non-existent right now in NFBC. It is 295. So, I don't know. Do the math, but he's going around guys like Drew Steckenrider, Mike Miner, Nico, like... No one's drafting. No one's, like, no one's drafting. going super late. Yeah. So if you play in these, you know, draft and hold leagues or 40 round, 50 round drafts, he's going super late. If you have faith that the uh, the Diamondbacks can figure him out, then you get him at a great value right now. So there you go. Or, um, and probably the rest of drafts. Yeah. I don't. I can't imagine people. Have I, I, I agree. Um, anything with Carson Kelly before we move on to the Reds? No, look, it's just we play in two catcher leagues. I know there's been some debate in like fantasy baseball Twitter, one catcher versus two catcher leagues, like. All right, well, it's kind of like the old guard just saying, like, you know, it's been two catchers forever. Why are we going to change it to one now? Just because catchers suck? It's the same debate about tight ends, Correct. right? Like, should we just take away the tight end position in fantasy football because there's only three really good ones? No. You need to learn how to be better, and you you got to find those middle-round tight ends that break out. Same thing goes for catchers. I mean, yes, it's harder to find late-round catchers that break out. Is it impossible to find a guy that, you know, gives you positive value? I don't think it's impossible, but... It's worth mentioning a guy like Carson Kelly in two catcher leagues. He was one of the top catching prospects for a few years now. The Cardinals expected him to be the uh, the successor to Yadier Molina. It just seems like Yadier Molina is never going to go away. Uh, and you have to give something up to get something. So you want to get Paul Goldschmidt, you have to trade away Carson Kelly. To me, he's just kind of like a... 260, 270, yeah, nothing 10, special. 12 home runs. I guess and maybe he grows into it a little bit more, like, experience-wise. Um, but... That's where he's at right now. For I can see Carson Kelly, Frankie, being one of those guys that like you pick up when he gets hot and you plug him in and then you drop him. And sure, I mean in a right. one catcher league you might do that, but right. like in a two, two catcher, catcher league, league he's, he's probably suitable. just your second catcher. Exactly, yeah. nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, let's move on to the last trade we're going to talk about on today's program, and that is Yasiel Puig and Alex Wood headed over to Cincinnati. What was that trade, Frank? It was Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, and Alex Wood to Cincy for. Basically a salary dump. They did get prospects Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray and Homer Bailey, who was also released. Um, so I'm not sure if Homer Bailey is going to land somewhere else. <laughs> Former favorite of Adam Ronis. I remember when you guys used to do the show. Every single year, Adam Ronis was all over Homer Bailey. Probably not on him as much anymore, uh, admittedly. But Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, and Alex Wood to Cincy. Cincinnati sneakily having a lot of these like SP2, SP3 guys in their rotation now. Guys like Tanner Roark, Alex Wood, 
Uh, they trade for Sonny Gray. They still have Luis Castillo. Like, there's some upside with these guys. It's interesting what they're doing. Like, they haven't had pitching for years, so it's good to see them trying to address it. Their outfield is also, I mean, they have a bunch of guys. They have Puig, they have Kemp, they have Scott Shebler, they have Jesse Winker. Uh, they have a lot of guys. Billy Hamilton now gone, though. He's with the Kansas City Royals. Do they, are those guys center fielders that you named? Scott Shebler could play center field. Okay. All right, it's a lot of... Yeah. A lot of a lot. A lot of a lot. And Matt there. Kemp, we know he's not a good fielder. No, like, terrible. An ideal fit for him would have been the American League so he could be a designated hitter. That's not going to be the case here in Cincy, and obviously you can't play him at first base because Joey Votto's there. Um, it, it just kind of sucks for Jesse Winker because <sighs> Jesse Winker to me is like this guy who's like on the precipice. Like he's there. He's Has like, been for a he's while. He's like mini Joey Votto, like great plate discipline, doesn't right. strike out, mm-hmm. walks a lot. You kind of saw him like a couple of years ago taking that step into power like the final month of the season, the second half. And I don't know. I, I like maybe him and Kemp are going to like platoon. I, it's just... Frustrating. So for Maybe me, they get rid of Kemp. I don't know. For me, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names there, and I Puig can, is the headliner, and yeah, well, everyone's gonna be so excited about Puig this year, and, not, and not, I think not, rightfully so. Really? Yes. How come? Because oh, that's interesting. Okay, he's finally going to be in position to have regular bats, Greg. And look at what he's done the past couple of years with in LA with them. You know, kind of jerking him around, to be honest. And it, it, he kind of brought some of it. Well, he's kind of himself. a jerk, so yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, but the talent. If you can get his head on right and maximize his talent, like, it's definitely there. The talent is there for Yasiel Puig. Uh, you know, in 2017, 152 games, 28 home runs, 15 stolen bases. Not a lot of players do that nowadays. Like, you're trying to find stolen bases as much as you can while not completely depleting your home run output. Yasiel Puig is one of those guys. And then last year, 23 home runs and 15 stolen bases is only 125 games. The Dodgers just had too many mouths to feed. You know, from they're trying to find ways to get Max Muncy in the lineup and Cody Bellinger and they have all these outfielders and Puig's not playing every day and he misses some time with injury and, and then there you go. He only plays 125 games. That's not going to be the case in Cincinnati. He's going to go to Cincinnati. He's going to play. He's going to play every single day and it's a great hitter's ballpark. Are we sure he's going to play every single day? Are you sure? In my opinion, I am sure. <laughs> well, he's going to play. Why wouldn't he? Is Scott Shebler better than him? Is Matt Kemp better than him? Is Jesse Winker better than him? To me, Yasiel Puig is going to play every single day. And if you look at the bat, uh, the batted ball profile last year for mm-hmm. Puig, it was one of his best. 38% hard hit rate, so he was hitting the ball more. I also looked into his launch angle, which was a little bit higher than it has been in years past. So lifting the ball a little bit more. Uh, you see that with the line drive rate, 21% was by far a career high. Mm-hmm. Um, the home run to fly ball ratio, 20, 20% was his highest since that breakout season when he first uh, burst onto the scene in 2013. Um, and I just think, you know, he's uh, he's in a great hitter's ballpark now. You know, you look at park shift factors here, moving from Los Angeles to, to the great American small park here, not to mention in a pretty good lineup, Greg, with Joey Votto and all those outfielders that I mentioned and Scooter Jeanette, who played very well last year, and... Eugenio Suarez. This is a good lineup, Greg. Jose Perales on the top, too. Don't him. Puig, he's in position here, and you see it in the ADP already. He's going pick 90, 91 in that range. In a 15-team league, he's going on like that round 6-7 turn. I think it's warranted. Okay. I think he'd be an outfield. I think he's being drafted as like an outfield three right now, but he has outfield two upside. He could legitimately be a top... 20. I, I think you'd be, I'm bullish. 
And I think a lot of people are going to be great. I think he has top, he has top 15 outfielder upside. It's interesting. I, I You pointed out what he did in that in those 125 games, and you're right, and and to be rightfully excited about what he could do uh, over 81 games in Cincinnati, I, I get it. I don't, Cincinnati, not a team that not a, a team that's afraid to run either. They'll let him run on the base. Yes, they will, but he's never run more than he did last year. 15 stolen bases are career high. Two years in a row with 15. Sure, but that was a career high at 15. He's never surpassed that number. That means he, to me, he's safe for at least 12 to 15. Here's at what least. I think. I, you know, honestly, and this isn't analysis. This is just how I'm feeling. Yasiel Pui is a dude that's, that has the ability to piss a lot of people off, right? Like, his, the way he plays the game has, a, has a, the ability to piss a lot of people off. And much of him being benched over the last few years, except the Dodgers jerking him around, like the, Dodgers, like the Reds have jerked around Scotty Shevler, it's his own doing, in a way. And Puig being a year away from free agency, I could see Puig being a me guy. And that's just, dude, that's another reason, too. Right. Doesn't Yasiel Puig strike you as the guy who's like, to take I want to get to take a crap load of steroids to get paid? Well, I didn't say that, but. I did. I did. <laughs> like, it, it, he strikes me as a guy, I want to get paid. Right. I want to get okay. paid. Like, he's going to go out there. If anyone's going to buy the narrative, he's a guy that narrative could speak for. And, he, you know, he's had a safe, you know, for. What it's worth, the batting average in his career, 279. He's been a safe 263. He's like a 265. He's a 263 to 267 the past three years. Three years. Yep. He's a 265. Playing every single day and knowing that you're showing up to the stadium and you're going to be in the lineup and you don't have to worry about when you're playing and and all these other factors that come into play with the Dodgers trying to to limit him or whatever it is. He's going to play every day. And it's in a contract year. I think he has 270, 30 home run, 15 to 20 stolen base upside this year. Yasiel Puig, also, you got to remember, still only 28 years old. Like, he's been around for a very long time at this yep. point, um, but he's still just 28 years old. But everyone's going to be on it. I'm telling you, Greg. He's okay. the guy. Who are the outfielders that he's going around, Frankie? Pull that up for you. Puig, as I mentioned, going pick 90.88 right now. He's going uh, just behind Eddie Rosario. Mitch Haniger, Nicholas Castellanos, going just ahead of Nelson Cruz, but that's because he's utility only. The outfield guys are Justin Upton, Alex Smith. Interesting. That's just stolen bases right there. Um, and oh, Michael, OVP was and Michael Conforto. Right spot. That's, that's right a spot. good group. That's the right spot. Yeah, that's a great. I like a lot of those guys. That's an interesting group of outfielders. I, I like a lot of those guys. Eddie Rosario, Mitch Haniger, Castellanos, Puig, Upton. In Fordo, I think that I think that's a good group. I think so too. There's still like some un- untapped potential with some of those guys. Like Conforto could still get there, definitely. He could still, and we kind of saw it in the second half last year. Upton, pretty safe, 250, 30 home runs. Oh, I hate Justin Upton, but he's great for Roto. Hey, week to week production Upton. is very inconsistent, but he's he's great for Roto. Eddie Rosario, a guy who's also you know coming around as well. Stepping into his own, you know, 25 to 30 home runs. Solid batting average, not going to sink you. Mitch Haniger kind of broke out last year. Does he have another level he could get to? But you got to worry about protection in the lineup now. The Mariners shipped out a lot of pieces. They still do have Edwin Encarnacion. But I'd be surprised if he's part of the team come, you know, spring. Probably Is so. Encarnacion going to be there, really, with the I don't Mariners? Think so. I don't they think probably so. ship him, you know. Yeah. 
Tip him out for something. I don't, I don't think so. With that, uh, we're going to sign off of YouTube for now and do some basketball off of YouTube. So uh, make sure you subscribe, watch, listen. Uh, Fantasy Football Frenzy's up next. Next to Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Ventra. Um, tomorrow on the show, Frankie, well, I want to start off kind of finishing up this trade because there are a lot of pieces here. Um, in particular, unless you want to do that now and, and not do the NBA stuff, it's up to you. Alex Wood and Matt Kemp. Mm, we can do that now. Sorry, right, let's just keep it all baseball. Okay. Fine, maybe we'll work in some basketball tomorrow. Okay, all right. We're trying to listen to you, the people. I know there was a few people last week that asked us to talk a little bit more about basketball, so we could touch on season-long things, you know, guys who are overperforming in DFS, so on and so forth. Okay, so then wrapping up this trade, Alex Wood and Matt Kemp also go over to Cincinnati. And when it comes, I'm going to start with Kemp and then get to Wood. Will Kemp see enough playing time to warrant drafting? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine right now. Your favorite website, Roster Resource, already using the Roster Resource, has Matt Kemp hitting fifth in the lineup as of right now. Okay. Playing left field, being the starting left fielder for the so, team. So there. Jesse Winker. The outfielder on the bench. That was my question. Who can kind of mix in, uh, give a day off here to, to Shebler, give a day off here to Kemp. You know, I said uh, Puig's going to play every day. For the most part, I do think he'll play every day, but they'll probably give him, you know, a day here and there. That's how Jesse Winker's going to get his at best. And, you know, it's not like Matt Kemp is like the model of health. Hell, yep. So, you know. Can he get enough at bats in this ballpark? I mean, does he does he need to? Does he need to play every day? And it's kind of baked into his ADP, like, People don't have high expectations for Matt Kemp already. I mean, he's going, Greg, over under 312 in ADP for Matt Kemp right now. Over, I guess, then? Would over be like him? Be 14 would be over. He's going pick 343. 343 with Matt Kemp. That's fantastic value. You get him for nothing. No, you kind of plug him in. Way. No, yeah, no. That's right really interesting. Like I know, like he's a dude that's not a great dude. He's had some personality issues really everywhere he's been. I mean, been. when he played last year, though, he I, was pretty well, damn good. Well, that's what and so, I'm in like saying, July dude. last year. He July, carried, August. He was an MVP. He candidate. carried the Dodgers, man. Made the All Star team. Um, Twenty-one homers last year, eighty-five ribbies, batted two ninety. This is a guy you could draft in your reserve rounds in these deeper leagues. You don't even have to draft him as your fifth outfielder because, you frankly, you could get him later than that. He had two ninety last year, twenty-one home runs, you eighty-five team, RBI. And you're putting this guy in Cincinnati. But your original question is the one that matters most: How much is he going to play? But for nothing, costing yeah, it nothing. Matter. I don't yeah. care. So. Yeah, at that point, you're buying all upside. There's no risk right. baked into a 343 ADP because, you know, if if you draft him and it turns out... You draft him in the first two weeks, he plays one upside. time. Like, the only place he could go is up. Correct. So if you draft him and he plays one time in the first two hit, weeks, you'll drop him. with 20 home runs. Great. Yeah, I, I love that as ADP, Frank. Big fan of that. All right, last piece of this was Alex Wood going over. Now, Alex Wood... Also, not the picture, uh, the model of consistency yep. when it comes to health. He was a guy that was fantastic two years ago. A lot of people were on him last year. Didn't work out nearly as well. Uh, he said he's. We had him on a team together. We certainly did. He said he's going to go back to some of the things that he does well this year. What does that mean? Well, you said uh, he's not the model of health in terms of consistency, and you're right, but he has consistently pitched 151 innings two years in a row. So that's basically where he's like. You'll take that. I think he's a guy that. He'll take that. Depending on him for 150 innings pitched. The problem that I have with Alex Wood is every single year he starts off well in terms of like fastball velocity and then just tanks. Like as a se- 
That's why you can argue, is he better as a bullpen arm? Because, you know, a guy that, whenever he tries to stretch out throughout a season, remember 2017, got off to that phenomenal start. He was great. First half of the year was like a, a sub-two ERA. He was awesome. The first month of the season, he's throwing 93, 94 miles per hour. By his last start of the season, his average fastball velocity, 89.6. Wow. Okay. And that's just, that's a yearly occurrence with Alex Wood. How about last year? It, it wasn't even there to start the year. His first start, average fastball velocity, 90.3 miles per hour. Next start, 89.6. By the end of the season, by the end of the season, he was actually throwing harder. And you know what? These were games where he was actually in the bullpen. Makes sense. But 88.9 miles per hour in his last start of the year. Which came when? Um, that came on September 10th. So, and then they kind of transitioned into bullpen a bullpen. So, you know, you can argue that Alex Wood, based on his herky jerky delivery, not a good, not that, a good selection you know, for long term success. On, yeah. He loses fastball velocity. Can he still have some value? Yes, I think so. You know, uh, he's a guy who's also going super late right now in drafts. Uh, Alex Wood going 226 in ADP. So, you know, one of your end of the end of your fantasy rotation arms here. But he still pitches to a below four ERA. Like, Roto, he's fine. 150 innings of a sub 3.75 ERA, decent whip, 1.2. He's all right. It's just, he's never going to be healthy. Frenzy's up next. Corey, Jim, and Chris. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope.